All right, I will say good morning. Good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's year. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of year, Stephen Tarizin, for dedicating all the Sherman Drushals this month in honor of their newest grandson, Matan Shmuel Aaron. We hope that in the merits of our Talmud Torah, he will grow to become an incredible Ben Torah. To thank our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Michael and Rachel Tonianski, Le'ili Nishmas, Michael's mother, Shendel Bas Mordechai, Zichon Lidracha, and to thank Yehuda and Bracha Buchwalter for dedicating the shir today in commemoration of the yard site of their grandfather, Yaakov Yehuda, Ben Asher Zelig Halevi, who perished on the 28th of Iyar in the Lodge Ghetto. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families in the Chama. And we'll see with that, let us begin. So Baruch Hashem, we have an incredible, another incredible daf, the beginning of our journey in Masech is Gittin. Today's daf is Gimel. And we are picking up in Merit Hashem on the bottom of Beis Amud Beis. We left off. Um, actually, let's pick up on the last line. We kind of left off right in the middle of everything. So let's just reorient ourselves a little bit. The Mishnah introduced us to an incredible idea, namely that when a person brings a get from Medina Sayyam from overseas, when delivering the get, they are obligated to make the statement, This get was written in front of me and it was signed in front of me. Machlokes Rabba and Rava, as what is the nature of this obligation? Rabba, Mishum De'in B'Kiyim Mishma. We're concerned that in Chutzlaretz, they don't know that a get has to be written for the sake of this man, for the sake of this woman. So we're concerned that in, in Chutzlaretz, they're just writing up Gitin without any specific intent for people. And therefore, again, the Shaliach comes. He says, Now what happens after that? We ask him, we ask him. It, it, that, that's a conversation starter. Right? Afterwards, we ask him, tell us, was the get written the Shema? And then, of course, the hope is that he's going to answer yes. According to Rabba, in Shayaros Mitsuyin, or in Edim Mitsuyin. So Rabba's concern is that when the Shliach brings the get from overseas, let's say someone comes to go ahead and raise an objection against the get. And when we say someone, often that someone, of course, is the husband. Right? What's the concern? Now, that's not a problem. In general, people have the ability to challenge the authenticity of a document. So how do you go ahead and hold up the validity of a document in the face of a challenge? Kiem Shtaras, you validate signatures, either getting the witnesses themselves to identify their own signatures or getting others who recognize the signatures of the witnesses. The problem is, if the get is written overseas, the ability to validate those signatures once we're in Eretz Yisrael is going to be difficult. So essentially, according to Rava, what we do is we have the aid, the, sorry, the shaliach say, and that effectively goes ahead and validates and validates the, the signatures. Now I will say, now based on that, based on that, so the Gemara was asking, just very quickly, according to Rava, according to Rava, why don't you need two witnesses? In other words, if this is a din in the Shema, this is a din in the Shema, it's a Dover Sheva Erva. Ain Dover Sheva Erva Pachos Mishnayim. Actually, we're doing the whole half again yesterday. Isn't that why? Ain Dover Sheva Erva Pachos Mishnayim. And therefore, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pleasure. Pleasure. Now we can start, right? So, 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 Ain Dover Sheva Erva Pachos Mishnayim. Salah Kalamaisi. You should have to go ahead and require two witnesses. So, I'll say, so remember again, what we ended off yesterday with, the Gemara effectively does a 180. And the 180 is that, according to Rabba, we're not really concerned. Right? Rov Bikiyan Lishma. Most people know exactly what is supposed to be done. It's not really, they, they do it Lishma. I suppose, so what's the issue? What's the issue? Even Rabbi Meir, who's Chayish Mi'uta, 
who is concerned ultimately for the minority, believes that even here we're okay. Why? Because Stam Sifri, Stam Sifri Migmar Gemiri. So from know what they're doing. So I'll say, so therefore, why didn't you find after find after? Ultimately, Rabbanon. It's the Rabbanon, ultimately, again, who required this. And I will say, okay, so the Rabbanon required it. And I will say, here, so let's pick up Rabbanon, who the Asrich. It's the Rabbanon, ultimately, required you to say, So I, why not two witnesses? So why don't you need two people to bring the get? Why only one? Vahacha, top of Gimel, Mishum Iguna Akilu Barabbanon. Because of Aguna issues. Chazal were mekel. And I will say, this is going to go ahead and be a, this is going to be a common refrain that we are going to find, that we are going to find throughout Meseches uh, Gittin, that there are certain areas in Halacha where Chazal relaxed their requirements when it comes to a get in order to avoid aguna issues. We will say an aguna is a woman who is stuck without a get. And therefore, again, unable to go ahead and remarry. Chazal, contrary, contrary to sometimes what people think, um, again, we'll get into this a little bit more, but Chazal were concerned about a woman being left without a get. And Chazal excuse me, were concerned about this dynamic of quote unquote chained women who are unable to move forward with their lives because of circumstances surrounding the get. And therefore, whenever Chazal could go ahead and do something, to alleviate that concern, they did so. See, even though, again, so therefore, and how did the Chazal address this over here? By only requiring one aid or one shaliach and not two. Okay, we'll say, take a quick look, by the way, before we move on, just the last Rashi on Beis and Bedeis, Rashi says, so we'll say, so the, what the Gemara is saying is like this, according to Rabbah, according to Rabbah, Rabbah is not really concerned with Lishma, right? He believes that even in Chutzla artists, they're going to write the get correctly. But he is concerned for a minority of cases where the get is not going to be written Lishma. So because of the minority of cases, they instituted that you have to say But in order not to create undue hardship upon the woman, all you need is one person to say it and not to. Good. We'll say if we have time at the end of this year, I'm going to come back to, uh, to Rabbi Mer Chayesh Lami Uta, but let's first cover a little bit of ground. So we'll say, top of Gimel. To which the Gemara said, one second, this is incredible. Hi Kulahu. So we'll say, so now essentially what you're telling me is, Chazal were mekel, and therefore they only required one, I would say I'm using the word witness, but remember again, the guy in this case is not the witness, right? What is he? He's a shaliach. But effectively, effectively, he becomes a witness, because when he says, according to Rabbah, what he's really testifying on is the validity of specifically of the lishma component of the get. To which the Gemara says, well, this is incredible, Haikulu chumruhu. This is not a kula, right? Only requiring one witness slash shaliach. This is not a kula. This turns out to be a chumrah. Why? I say, watch this. Because if from the outset you would require two witnesses, in other words, two people to bring the get, and those two people are saying, and remember, according to Rabbah, essentially then what are they doing? They are attesting to the validity of the lishma of the get. The Rabbah say, what? The husband would no longer have any ability to go ahead and cast dispersions upon the validity of the get. Why wouldn't he have the ability to do so? Why not? Why not? Because you have two witnesses attesting to the validity of the get. 
But if it's only one witness, if it's only one witness, ultimately what? The husband can come along and go ahead and, and, and cast dispersions on the validity of the get, because then it'll be one against one. And if it's one against one, we kind of have to take that into account to a certain degree. Let's we'll say it's such an incredible Musar Haskil, which is some, see, you know what essentially the Gemara is saying? Is Chazal is saying you only have to have one witness come along and say, or one witness bring the get. Why? It's a kula. The Gemara says sometimes so what looks like a kula turns out to be a chubra. Which the incredible Yisrael, which we all know in life, because we've all experienced it multiple times, maybe even already today, even though it's only 6 or 5 in the morning. Sometimes in life when you try to take shortcuts, and you think you're saving yourself time, and you think that you're saving yourself effort, at the end of the day, you open up a whole host of other issues. And had I only expended the requisite amount of effort in the beginning, I would have saved myself from so much more additional patchwork later on. So the Gemara says, it's very nice. You just want to have one witness. I got it. That's a kula, only one witness. Just understand, this is still an open matter then. Because that means the husband could come along, go ahead and say, I never authorized this. It's forged, whatever it is. Meanwhile, if you just mandated two witnesses from the beginning, once those witnesses come along and say, then what? Then what? We're done here. We're done here. Once you have two witnesses testifying as, or attesting to the authenticity of the get, there is no longer any room for the husband to go ahead and cast doubt upon the validity of the get. To which the Gemara says, Kevin Damar Bos is incredible. Bos, I just want to point out what's exciting about this Gemara is the Gemara's throwing out like a lot of stuff, a lot of concepts that we are going to cover over the course of the Masechta. We're just seeing it all here, or a lot of it on the front end. So watch this. Kevin Damar, the Gemara says, it's not a problem, I'll tell you what. Kevin Damar, if they come and the law. See, we made reference to this already. The Shaliyah is not just handing the get to the wife, he's giving it to her in front of some group, some group. So if they come in front of how many people is the husband giving, sorry, is the shaliach giving the get to the wife? Rabbi Yochai Rabbi Hanina. So it's Machlokes, Chad Amar Bifnei Beis, one said in front of two people, the Chad Amar Bifnei Gimel, one said three. And we'll say, we'll get into that Machlokes later on. But here's the point. Here's the point. When that shaliach shows up from Medina Sayyam and he delivers that get, he's not just stam handing it to her. This is a process. This is a process. He's handing it to her in front of either two people or three people. And I will say, why does that matter? This is incredible. I will say, the shaliach himself has to be concerned about his own personal halachic integrity and we'll call it integrity and believability, right? His own reputation. If that shaliach comes along and he says, and I will say, then imagine what happens. A couple of days later, the husband shows up and he says, I never authorized this get. It's forged. It's this. We'll say, what does that do to the integrity of the shaliach? What does that do? Down the drain. Down the drain. We'll say, essentially, the Gemara thing is like this. The shaliach knows that he has to give this over in front of a group. And he knows that he wants to also maintain his integrity going forward. He is going to be especially careful to never deliver a get unless he knows a million percent. The husband is on board, the get was written properly. So that's what it means. So Gemara says, very look at Rashi. So ultimately, again, a shaliach is not going to deliver this get 
unless, of course, he knows with absolute certainty that the husband is on board with this get. Incredible. So we'll say, so therefore, this closes out Rabbah, at least for this moment. So according to Rabbah, it turns out, originally he said, why does Shayach have to say, Fanechta, Fanechta, Lefishayim, Bikim, Lishma? It turns out, what does it turn out? Bikim, Lishma. Rov, Bikim, Lishma. Most people know what they're doing. Certainly, Sofim know what they're doing. Chazal came along and said, you know what? We're concerned a little bit that in Chazal, they're not as proficient with Lishma. Therefore, say I, why not require two? Why not require two witnesses? Chazal were mekel because of Aguna. I, it's a kula that's going to result in a chumrah. Because if it was two, the matter would be closed. Now that it's only one, the husband could come and object. No. Since the shaliach knows that he has to deliver this get in front of a group of people, either two or either three, he is going to take the necessary steps to ensure that this get is beyond reproach. Beautiful. According to Rav, who says that the reason you have to say is why? Essentially, it's Kiyam Shtaras. Essentially, what you're doing, what we're, what we're concerned about is should the husband come along and cast doubt upon the get at a later date, it's going to be hard to validate the get through the signatures since the witnesses are overseas. Since witnesses are overseas. So, therefore, again, the Shaliyah says, thereby validating the document. Ayli Baitre, it's the same question. You should need two. You should need two witnesses. Why? Because Rabbi Osei, essentially, according to Rabbi Osei, this is Kiyam Shtaros. This is Rabbi Remember again, the process of Kiyam Shtaros, we've never explicitly spoken about this, but we've certainly alluded to it enough times. Kiyam Shtaros is the process through which you validate a document. How do you validate a document, generally? Right? Either, again, you're going ahead and testifying about the signatures, or getting the witnesses to testify about the validity of the signatures. So essentially, according to Rava, so we are doing Kiyam Shtalos. Right? So we'll call it, Shaliach brings the get from Medina Sayyam. He says, He is validating the signatures. That's it. Gemara says, but one second. Validation of signatures, like Kiyam Shtalos, normally requires how many people? Two. Two. So the Gemara says, So which the Gemara says, no, 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 it's okay, this case is different. Why? Because one witness is believed when it comes to matters of Isser. Okay. So the Gemara says, one second, one second. Same conversation from yesterday. When do we say that Eid Echad is believed when it comes to matters of Isser? What's exactly what we had yesterday. I always thought, when do we say Eid Echad Neman Bisurin? It was in a case of what we call Delo Ischazik Isura. Delo Ischazik Isura means what? The identity of the Isra has not been confirmed or validated, or meaning a suffix case. A suffix case. That's when we say Eid Echad Neman right? You have a piece of meat. We said this a piece of meat. You're not sure. Is the meat mutter? Is the meat asr? Eid Echad comes along and says, comes along and says, it's mutter. So what's going to be the halacha? It's the halacha. You believe him. He has credibility to go ahead and make that statement. However, Avahacha, Avahacha is Chazik Yisura de Eishes Ish. It was in this case over here, it says Chazik Yisura. Right? Why is it is Chazik Yisura? Because what's the message again? We know she's a married woman. If that's the case, how is Davish Erva? They Davish Erva Pachos mi base. But say, same question we asked on Rabbah yesterday. Same question. This is not a matter of Isser. This is a Davish Erva. This is right, this is, Rebos, remember again, Davr Shavar, what do we have? What do we have? Our favorite Gzir Shava. What's our favorite Gzir Shava? 
telling your favorite Gzir Shava is Davar Davar Mimamon, right? Kimatsa Ba Ervas Davar says Davar by Erva, says Davar by Mamon, just like Mamon, just like monetary matters require two witnesses, so too ever requires two witnesses. So therefore, again, Kiyam Shtaros should require two witnesses. To which the Gemara says, you're right. Bidinhu, Dibikiyam Shtaros Namilo Libai. So I will say, in reality, you don't even really need Kiyam Shtaros over here. I will say, why don't you need Kiyam Shtaros? This is incredible. Kiyam Shtaros, Kiyam Shtaros, because Reish Lakish says, so I will say this is very profound. When you have witnesses who sign on a document, no witnesses sign a document, it is as if their signatures have been have been examined in Beisdin. So I will say what this means is as follows. So I will say when it comes to shtaros, when it comes to shtaros, when we look at a star, when we look at a star, so I will say what do we see? What do we see? The halacha essentially says is, we see an absolutely valid instrument until proven otherwise. As I will say, it's not the pshat that we see a shtar and we assume it's forged until it's validated. No, when you see a shtar, when you see a shtar, so again, you make the assumption, it's got a shtar, it's got text, it's got witnesses on it, this is a valid instrument. All right? Unless, of course, you could somehow halachically prove otherwise. So we'll say, so now watch this. So Rish Lakish says, in general, when you see witnesses signed on a document, it's as if their, their, their signatures ultimately, again, have been processed by Beisdin. So we'll say, if that's the case, if that's the case, then according to Rava, should a Sashaliach need to say, should he need to do anything? No, why not? Because as soon as he produces that get with two signatures on it, what should be the halacha? What should be the halacha? We're done. We're done. Ice, what's going on over here? The rabbis were concerned about say since a get is such an important vehicle, right? And if you think about it, there's so much writing on it, right? Because remember, we're going to say, if you're wrong about a get, then what? Then what? A woman gets remarried, she has children, and what do we have? Mamzerim. Right? So I will say, and Mamzerim, from the genealogical perspective, we've seen enough, even back in our Yuvamas days, to know Mamzerim is so serious because it effectively cannot be corrected. Now, that's not a totally true statement. There are ways, ultimately, to correct Mamzerus, but again, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's a genealogical blemish that, by definition, is passed down throughout the generations. So therefore, because a get is so significant, Chazal came along and said, you know what? Seba fa'inechta, fa'inechta. So I'll say, so here's what's incredible. So now, according to Rava, who we said in this entire time, fa'inechta, fa'inechta, is to validate the document, it turns out, a document doesn't need to be validated because a document in its default state is considered to be valid. The Rabbanon are the ones who said, you know what, by get, just add in this extra measure of Befane Nechtav or Befane Nechtam. That way it's beyond reproach. Aye. The Gemara Sevach, and even though in general, so we'll say, so essentially, we'll say, what are Chazal really mandating? What they're mandating is a proactive Kiyam Shtaros. That's what they're doing. Proactive kiyim shtaros. Right? Just, just this way again. This way again is no problem. Gemara says, but one second. If that's the case, if that's the case, right, you should really require two witnesses because that's what you need for kiyim shtaros. To which the Gemara says, once again, mishum iguna akilu You're right, you should require two, but Chazal said you only need one in order to, in order to be mekel to avoid any type of aguna situation. In other words, we want to make the process as easy as possible, so as to allow her to remarry without incident. 
How do they make it easier? Just say you only need one witness and not two. To which the Gemara says again, Hai kulahu, you think this is a kula? Chumrahu. This is going to turn into a stringency. I'll tell you why. Because had you acquired two witnesses effectively for the proactive Kim Shars according to Rabbah, so lo pasile. The husband would have no ability to come and to cast doubt upon the get. Chad, but if it's only one witness, ultimately, again, the husband can come along and what? Cast dispersions on the get and potentially, potentially the get. So sim kasha. By cutting, by, the Gemara is saying is by cutting a corner, by quote-unquote making things easier on the front end, you're opening yourself up. You're opening yourself up to the invalidation of the get later on. To which the Gemara says once again, no. Kevan da Amr Mar since Rabbi say the Shaliyah is not just handing the get to the woman, but he has to hand it over in front of a group. How many? Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanina, So say, so same answer as we saw before. Essentially, since Halacha since Halacha ultimately the Shaliyah is going to have to give it over to a group, and the Shaliyah does not want his own integrity, right? Ne'emmanos compromised. He's going to make sure that before he gives her the get, he has all of his I's dotted, all of his T's crossed, and therefore the husband is not going to come to go ahead and cast aspersions on the get. So that is the end. That is the end of this discussion. It turns out, it's actually one of these nice schemas where it turns out that actually everything is fine. Right? And you know how like sometimes you get into a hole, like, like everything is fine. Right? Everything is fine. Shaliach comes and gives a get to the woman. Essentially, say, when we see the Shaliach give the get to the woman, what do we assume? What's, what's our working assumption? It's a valid document. It's good. Rabal is concerned for maybe the possibility, the remote possibility, that the get wasn't written lishma. So therefore, again, he has before nechta, before nechta. I should require two witnesses. Mishum iguna kilu Chazal wanted to relax the standards so as to allow her to get remarried. According to Rava, what are we concerned about over here? We're concerned about in Essentially, Rava is going to mandate a proactive kiyum shtaros. Proactive kiyum shtaros. I then why not require two? Again, mishum iguna akilu barabon. We want to take it easy, right? Because in order to make it easy, so that she should be able to get remarried. Beautiful. That's it. I will say that's the whole thing. To which the Gemara says, okay, now let's get a little more involved. For Rava, my time alone are Rava. So we'll say Rava, who holds that Bafane Nechtav or Bafane Nechtam, is there to address what? Is there to go ahead and address Ein Eidim Tsuyim Lakaimo, Kiyom Shtaros? Why doesn't he hold of Rava? Right? Why doesn't he agree that it's a problem of Lishma? So we'll say, watch this. Amalacha, Mika Tani Bafane Nechtav Lishma, Bafane Nechtam Lishma. So we'll say, so Rava says like this, it's incredible. Rava says, Rabba, if you are right, if you are right, that it's a Lishma issue, if that's the real concern, then the aid slash Shaliach should have to say, Befanai Nechtav Lishma, Befanai Nechtam Lishma. Right? Just say it. Just say it. Why, why, why you only say Befanai Nechtam, Befanai Nechtam? Rava says, it's incredible. The Rabba, so what will Rabba say to that? Bedinhu, the listening you're right. Rabbi says, you're saying good, right? You're right. He should say, what's the issue? Listen to this. This is incredible. Sometimes if you ask a person to say too much, what ends up happening? What ends up happening? They end up shortening their words. 
just the nature of people, right? So I suppose well, you see this, by the way, so you, stop, right? you see this like in the way people text, right, today, especially these, those young people, right, those young people when they text, right? I just want to say, right, I love you is lowercase I-L-U-V-U, or great is G-R-8. Really, really G-R-8, the number eight, just right, the E-A-T. What's the big deal? It's two more characters. I say, in any event, Lemaissa, Lemaissa, human nature is give people something to say, and often they'll go out and be makatsarit. Now, I will say, so what is Rabbi concerned about? Rabbi's concern is if you mandate, b'fanei nechtav l'shma, b'fanei nechtam l'shma, they're going to go ahead and lop off the l'shma. Now, I will say, now what's the problem? The problem is then that's going to be a deficient statement. If it's a deficient statement, it's going to trigger a whole other bunch of problems. Therefore, what? Therefore, halacha lamaisa, shrink it in order to be ensured that lamaisa, they're going to go ahead and save the whole thing. I, hashtanami nami asalamegze, understand. Even before why aren't you concerned that the shleach is going to lop off something from there? Chadamitlas goes, so this is very interesting. So apparently, Leaving off one thing from three words is a legitimate concern. One word from a two-word phrase, they're not, we're not concerned. As well say, we look at Befanei Nechtav or Befanei Nechtam as two phrases. So apparently, Rabbi felt, Rabbi felt that people will leave off one word from a three-word statement, but people don't leave off one word from a two-word statement, which makes sense. So say, right? Because if you lop off three words from a two-word statement, you still have what? You still have what? A statement, right? If you lop off one word from a two-word statement, then you no longer have a statement. What do you have? A word, right? A word. says, That's why Rabbi says, you're right. We should really require But I'm concerned that if we mandate that, people are going to leave something off. And then again, when left with a deficient statement, you could really, you could really cause problems. Therefore, we shorten the statement to just the farnachta and farnachta. I'll say there's an incredible Moshe Haskell on this as well, which is, I'll say, when you delegate something to someone, you delegate something to someone, one of the things that a person has to be conscious of is it's most probably not going to get done the way you want it to get done, right? And the way you would have done it yourself. And in the way that, that, that you think things should get done. Right? They will say, in other words, that like, what's happening over here? The husband, the husband is going ahead and he, husband should be giving the get to his wife. What is he doing? What is he doing? He's outsourcing. He's outsourcing. Now, why? Because the job still has to get done. The husband, for whatever the reason, can't do it. So now you say he's outsourcing. And what essentially is Rabbi saying? Well, what is Rabbi saying, I should say? Right? So Rabbi is saying, or I should say Rabbi is really saying, when you ask someone to do something, they're not going to do it like you would have done it. And they're probably not even going to put in the same amount of effort as you would have done had you done it. So I will say, so the, and therefore what? So I'll say, so again, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good lesson because one person can't do everything. So by definition, you're going to have to outsource to other people. But like most things in life, Manage your expectations. I will say it's the same way, by the way. You ever get an Amazon package delivered to your house when it's about to rain, right? And it's an incredible thing, because what happens? You could just put it inside the door, right? I don't know, like, like, like if you have like a little bit of like a, like a storm door, right? 
or, or under the awning instead of on the step. And I don't know, maybe it's just my Amazon guy. Right? And sometimes I feel like in my house, according to the volume of things that are ordered, we probably have our own Amazon person. Right? But, but, but with myself, I feel like Jeff Bezos owes me like a holiday card, like something, right? right? So, 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 it's just always so interesting. You're, bring, you're bringing the package already. You're bringing it. It's two more steps. It's two more steps to inside the storm door. And yet, it's just left right there. So like, you get angry, you get upset, and then you realize, you know what? He doesn't care about my package. His job, what's his job? His job is to deliver the thing. He delivered it. He delivered it. And how is he delivering it? How is he delivering it? With the bare minimum effort to go ahead and check that box. That's what he's doing. He's obligated to get that on my property within some amount of space to my front door. I don't know. There must be like a, a Hilko's Amazon with this, right? About like, like how close, right? Like it's like love it. It's like love it, right? As long as it's love it to the storm door, then, then it's enough. Then it's enough. I want to say, it's such an incredible yisod. And I want to say, on the flip side, sometimes, so this is important, if you're the one asking for the favor or you're the one outsourcing, manage your expectations correctly. That's number one. Number two, I will say, if you're the one who's asked to do something, I want to say, we do this also. Someone asked me to do something, I like do it like almost well. Almost well. Whatever, you know, I'm, I'm doing a million other things, I'm doing that additional thing you asked me to do. I was saying, sometimes when I realize it, that when we do things for other people, we give like 85%. Like 85%. Right? And again, I was saying, something for us to be conscious of, because if somebody asks me to do something, they're relying on me for something. And Lamaisa, the goal in life is to treat someone else's task as if it were my own. But yet, human nature is not like that. And that's what Rabbi is saying over here. Right? So Gemara says, if you give a person a long statement, they're going to say a short statement. Give a person a task to do, chances are they're never going to do it the way you would have done it yourself, and they're probably going to cut corners in some way. It's important for us to be conscious of that when we delegate to others, and important for us to be conscious of that when others delegate to us. The rabbi, so rabbi, my time of the rabbi, so why doesn't rabbi hold like rabbi? Why doesn't rabbi hold that it's the Shema? Why doesn't he hold like rabbi that it's Edim Mitzri and the Kaimo? Wow, listen to this. So Rabbi says, Rabbi, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Because if you are correct, that it's just about Kiyam Shtar's validating, validating the document, the only thing you need for document, document validation is what? Is what? Valid signatures. Valid signatures. If that's the case, Rabbi, if you were correct, really... All the witness sap slash shaliach has to say is what? Befanai nechtam. That's all. You don't need befanai nechtam. We don't care about what is around us. Just say befanai nechtam. This document was this document was signed in front of me. And again, I can attest to the validity of the signatures. Shema mina ba'inu l'shema. So I say, what do you see from the fact that ultimately, again, he has to say befanai nechtam that the get was written in front of me tells us that what that halacha the get has to be written l'shema. Has to be written in the Shema. And therefore, again, this fuels Rabbah's position that this whole thing is a din of the Shema. But Rabbah, so what, was, what, what would Rabbah answer to that? But Rabbah, you're right. In reality, in reality, all the Shaliyach really needs to say is, that's enough to validate the document. So what do we concerned about? What we're concerned about is that if 
He just goes ahead and says, Befane nechtam. Then I'll say what? Then it's clear that what is this a case of? Kiyim shtaros, validating documents. Now I'll say, what are we concerned about? That people are going to think that in the same way that by Gitten, Kiyim shtaros works with an Eid Echad, so to what? All other cases of Kiyim shtaros work with an Eid Echad. And I will say that is false. The only reason why Kiyim shtaros works with an Eid Echad according to Rava is why? Mishum iguna akilu barabanon. Because Chazal wanted to be mekel over here to validate the get as quickly and as easily as possible. But in every other case of Kiyom Shtaros, what do you need? What do you need? Two witnesses. Two witnesses. So, so according to Rabbah, how do we avoid confusion? By adding in Befanei Nechtav. That way again, the way A is saying Befanei Nechtav, Befanei Nechtam, and therefore again, even though it is a case of Kiyom Shtaros, they won't confuse this case of Kiyom Shtaros with other cases of Kiyom Shtaros. Incredible. I, Rabba, Rabba will say, come on, there's no confusion over here. I'll tell you why. Gitin is so dramatically different than every other case of Shtaros. Why? Rabba, me, dummy. How can you compare this case, Kim Shtaros, to other cases? Hasam Yadinan, Hasam Yadinan, Hacha Befanai. First of all, the verbiage, the wording is different. So I will say, in general, when it comes to Kim Shtaros, when it comes to Kim Shtaros, ultimately, again, the way you go ahead and, and, say it is, you say, Yadinan. We know that this is the signatures of the witnesses. That's the verbiage that's used. Here is a totally different phrase. Befanai nechtam. It's just different. It's just different. So that's number one, why it's different. Number two, Hasam Yishlomahemna, We'll say we're going to see, in a regular case of Kiyom Shtaros, a woman is not believed because it's testimony. Right? The woman can't give testimony about the validity of the signatures. By Gittin, by Gittin, I will say, we are going to see <laughs> That a woman ultimately again is believed to say Ultimately, she is believed for this agency. Next, Hasam Ultimately, again, the person who is, so to speak, the party named in the document is not believed to validate the document. Here, by Gitin, right, the Baldover, even the husband himself or the woman herself, ultimately again is believed. So we'll say what Rabbi is saying is. I don't understand why you're concerned about confusing this case with the regular case of Kiyom Shtaros. There are so many other distinguishing halachos by Gitin that just put it in a different category. To which the Gemara of Rava, Amr Lecha, Rava would say to you, Atu hacha ki amri yadinan milo mehemni. Rava would say, tell me, let me ask you. Let's say, a shaliach shows up carrying a yet from Medina Sayam. And he says, yadinan, I know that the signatures of the witnesses on this document are valid. I would say, would we uphold such a case like that, says Rabbah? Yes. Since, by definition, Bidi Eved, if he used the same Lashon Baget as is normally used by Kiyem Shtaros, it would be valid. So I will say, because Bidi Eved, it would be valid, therefore Rava is concerned about confusing Kiyem Shtaros by Gittin with regular Kiyem Shtaros. So therefore I will say, he adds in the phrase, he feels the phrase, Bafane Nechtav, this get was written in front of me, even though that phrase doesn't actually play a role in the halachic process that's unfolding, but why is it there? To distinguish between the process by Gittin and every other Kiyem Shtaros. And most notably, that although Kiyem Shtaros by Gittin could occur with an Eid that cannot occur by other forms of Kiyem Shtaros. Incredible. Fine. Was a second to last line, Gimel Madalf. Lurabo. The Amr of the Fishay Mikim Shma. So I was like, going back now. According to Rabbah, according to Rabbah, who says, 
that B'fani Nechta or B'fani Nechta is all there to attest to the Lashma of the Get. Man hai Tana Dibai Ksiva Lashma. Now, I was saying, here's what's interesting. We're going to see this Machlokis later on. So, Rabbi is saying, you have to say B'fani Nechta or B'fani Nechta. Why? In order to attest to the Lashma nature of the Get. Now, I was saying, by saying B'fani Nechta, what are you saying? What is the Shlech saying? The Get was written Lashma and signed Lashma. That's what it sounds like. So the Gemara says, who is the opinion who says that the get itself, there are the, we're going to see that a get has two parts, really, but actually it has really three parts to it. There is the pro forma part, right, of the get. There is the individual part of the get, the name of the man, the name of the woman, the name of the location, and then there's the signatures of the witnesses. So I will say, the fact that the shliach has to say, B'fanai Nechtav indicates to us that the body of the get has to be written l'shma. So I'll say, whose opinion is that? So, man tana debay ksiva l'shma, ubay amabayz, ubay chasima l'shma. We'll say, who is the opinion who says that you need both the writing of the body of the get as well as the signatures to be l'shma? Who is it? Who is it? E Rabbi Meir, if it's Rabbi Meir, so chasima boy, ksiva lo boy. We'll say, Rabbi Meir is of the opinion that only the signatures have to be done l'shma. But the writing does not have to be l'shma. We'll say, I just want to point out what that means according to Rabbi Meir. Actually, well, let, this now, let's take a look. This not in kosin b'mechumah l'karka. Well, like I said, we're seeing a lot of halakas now. You cannot write a get on something attached to the ground. We'll say, so for example, for example, right, if a husband, right, Reuben's married to Rachel, and Reuben decides to engrave the get on a tree, on a tree, and then he's going to gift Rachel the tree. Very sentimental. Right? He's going to gift Rachel the tree. You know, maybe, maybe like when they got married, they carved their initials on the other side of the tree. Right? So that was a chabarain over here. Chabarain, right? Right the get on the first side of the tree. Right? So what happens? So I will say, so you can't write a get on something that is mechubar l'karka. Now we're going to discuss why that is. You can't write a get on attached to the ground. Now conversely, kasa mechubar l'karka, utalasho. So I will say, what happens if he wrote the get on something attached to the ground and then what? Then it, before it was signed... Detached it, then signed it. Ultimately, it's kasher. So we'll say this is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. So we'll say, Rabbi Meir, what do you see from here? That according to Rabbi Meir, the only part of the process that has to be done, the Shema, is the Chasima, is the signing. We'll say, take a look at Rashi Chasima. Rashi says, over Chasima, the Shema, by the Ikasav, the Ikasav, the a Chasima Kasav, Kilitani le Kaman. Kasav get the So we're going to see this later on. Such Rabbi Meir holds that when it says, the Kasav law, the cost of law in the Torah, the cost of law, Sefer Krisos, the cost of law is, is ultimately the source for the concept of Lishma, of Lishma. So we'll say, so when the Torah says the cost of law, Rabbi, Rabbi Meir is of the opinion that that is going on the signatures. We'll say, I just want to point out what that means. So this is a case of Mechubar, but in addition to Mechubar, I'll give you even a better case. I'll give you a better case. Ruvain's married to Rachel, right? Now again, Ruvain wants to divorce Rachel. Ruvain's walking by, he passes, uh, he passes a garbage dump. And in the garbage dump, he happens to see a get that was written from Ruvain to Rachel that is unsigned. That is unsigned. According to Rabbi Meir, Ruvain could take that get, right, and use it. And use it, I, but it was written for someone else, it's okay. The only part of the get that has to be the Shema are the signatures on the get. The actual body of the get could be pro forma. Could be pro forma. So I'll say, so again, our Mishnah can't be, can't be Rabbi Meir, because all Rabbi Meir holds you need is signing of the signatures, the Shema, the writing of the actual body of the get, that's the Shema, but yet our Mishnah mandates what? Mandates what? 
So who is it? I Rabbi Elazar. Shevet Rabbi Elazar. So Ksiva Bai Chasim Lo Bai. So we'll say Rabbi Elazar is going to be of the opinion that Allah Lamaisa, Allah Lamaisa, only the actual writing of the get has to be the Shema. The signatures do not. Rabbi Elazar, if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi is right across. I Rabbi Elazar, Da Rabbi Da Oraisa Get Sheina Shein Edav Chasim Alav Kasher. Because we're going to see that actually what Rabbi Elazar holds is you don't really even need witnesses on a get. You don't need witnesses on a get. As long as halacha lamaisa, the get is the signal, sorry, the, the body of the get is written in the Shema, the cost of law is written in the Shema, that is going to be enough. So Rabbi says, so we're stuck. We can't find the author of our Mishnah. Because according to Rabbi, the author of our Mishnah who mandates befane nechtav u befane nechtam is going to require both ksiva and chasima l'shma. So who is our Mishnah? So the chitim of the olam Rabbi Lazar, he, maybe it's Rabbi Lazar, I would just say Rabbi Lazar only requires ksiva l'shma. doesn't require chasima l'shma. So the chilo by Rabbi Lazar, chasima l'shma, midah raisa. Maybe what we'll say is like this. When doesn't Rabbi Lazar require chasima l'shma? Signature, right? Signature when it's in l'shma. Midah raisa. But, midrabanan boy. But we will say that maybe midrabanan, he will require it. Or maybe, maybe, maybe that's the svara, and therefore again the Mishnah reflects this view that Allah Lamaisa, Allah Lamaisa, the funny nechtav is necessary midaraisa that it has ksivas to do the shema, and the funny nechtam is necessary midrabanon. Maybe that's the halacha. To which the Gemara says no. Bahash losha gittin pesulin drabanon for lo bayra belazer So we'll say now listen to this. There were three get three gittin ultimately again that are pasul shema. I was saying, I watched this. What are the three? What are the three again? First, I'll take a look at Rashi. Actually, before we go on, so let's look at Gemara first. The Gemara says, "This not here." We go. This not Gimel Gem Sulam Ve'Emnises Havlad Kasher. Ultimately, again, there are three Gittin Sulam. There are three Gittin that are possible. But if she married with these Gittin and had children, ultimately the offspring is Kasher. The offspring is Kasher. Now, I'll say, what are the cases? What are the cases? Now, I'll say, now, what does that mean when we say that ultimately, again, three gittin that are possible Shemot, if she marries with them, the offspring is kasha. What does that mean? What that means is that halacha lemaisa, the gittin are possible midrabanon, but ultimately kasha midaraisa. What are the cases? So the Gemara says, ksav bik sab Ultimately, again, if the get is written in the, hand, in the husband's handwriting, and there are no signatures of witnesses on it. Again, also we're going to see each of these cases independently. Next, there are signatures of witnesses, but there's no date. Also, we're going to talk about date and the, and the role that a date plays in a get, which is of crucial importance. We'll discuss. It has a date, but there's only one witness signed on it. All of these are invalid gittin. But if she ends up marrying with one of these, with one of these gittin, ultimately again the offspring will remain kasher. Rabbi Lazar Omer, Rabbi Lazar holds that if you have a regular get, even if there are no signatures on that get, no edim, but it was given in front of witnesses, the get is a hundred percent kasher. Not only that. The government echasim mishubadim halacha lemaisa she could go ahead and collect from encumbered properties. Well, so we're going to talk about all of this. Obviously, a get. Remember again, gives a woman the license to collect her ksuba. So we're going to talk about again what what type of properties 
you could collect with once you have the get, nechassim b'nei chorin, unencumbered properties, encumbered properties, we're not going to get into it now. Ultimately, again, because Edim only sign on a get, because of Tikkun for the benefit of society. What that benefit of society is, we don't know, but we'll see. But I will say, but bottom line, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? That Rabbi Lazar doesn't even require signatures of the witnesses on the get Midrabanon. Right? J- just the point, he doesn't even, right? Forget about, forget about Doraisa, even Midrabanon, he doesn't require it. He says at most you're going to require it, Mipnei Tikkun Olam. But Lamaisa, if you left off signatures of witnesses, Halacha Lamaisa, it is Kasher Lechatchila. It's kash lechatchila. So I will say, so what do you see from So now remember, we're back to square one. Remember, what are you trying to figure out? We're trying to figure out over here, whose opinion is reflected in our Mishnah? According to Rabbah, right? Because according to Rabbah, why do I need b'fai nechta or nechta? Why do I need that? To attest to the shma identity of the get. Now the fact that I have to say b'fai nechta or b'fai nechta indicates that the shaliach has to attest to the shma validity of the get, both that it was written shma and signed shma. So whose opinion is that? So again, it can't be Rabbi Meir, because all Rabbi Meir requires is, all Rabbi Meir requires is chasim l'shma, you don't need ksiva l'shma. Can't be Rabbi Lazar, because what does Rabbi Lazar require? Ksiva l'shma, and doesn't even seem to require medirabonon chasima. So whose opinion? Ella, the other Rabbi Meir, to which you are, really is Rabbi Meir. V'chi lo boi Rabbi Meir ksiva l'shma medaraisa, medirabonon boi. And what you have to say is as follows. What will say is Rabbi Meir. I will just Rabbi Meir only requires chasim l'shma, doesn't require ksiv l'shma. You're right, you're right. But he does require ksiv l'shma, midirah baron. So I will say the position of Rabbi Meir is the signing has to be l'shma, that's daraisa. The ksiv, the writing, has to be l'shma, but that is only midirah baron. Midirah baron. After all, the Gemara says, really, v'hamar avnachman, omer haya. Omer haya Rabbi Meir. I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry. So the Ha'amar said, even if he found, this is a classic because you keep referencing over here, even if you found the get, right, written in the garbage dump, right, in other words, you find the get, that, right, Ruvain finds the get that has the names of Ruvain and Rachel in that, in that get, right, the Chasma v'Nasnola, and you signed it, and you gave it to her, Kasher. So I say, so again, it says it's Kasher, but one second, there's no Ksiv Lishma in that, right, not even Midrabanan. I maybe you'll say again, we reflect this din is reflecting the din daray. So we'll say if that's the case, then it should have introduced it as saying, Midda Rabbi Meir says that such a get is kosher, but Midrabanan is not. Therefore, I will say we're back to where we started, which is we do not know who the author of the Mishnah is. We are looking for the opinion that holds. We are looking for the opinion that holds the Allah both Ksiva and Chasima have to be the Shana. I will say, just to be clear, this is only a din in Rabbah, right? Rabbah who holds that Bafayin is there to go ahead and to ascertain the Lashma component of things. So, again, who is the opinion who requires both writing Lashma and signing Lashma? Ultimately, I will say, that still remains outstanding. And Amir Hashem to be Ketir. I'll just end off with a very quick word from actually, it's really tied into the beginning of today's daf, which is really yesterday's daf. The Gemara quoted the idea. The Gemara quoted the idea of Rabbi Meir, who is Chayshina Lamiuta. Right? Rabbi Meir is the opinion who is Choshish for the Mi'ut, for the minority opinion. Right? That's Rabbi Meir. So we'll say so. And that's Rabbi Meir throughout Shas, who is Chayesh Lamiuta. So we'll say there's a very beautiful idea by Rabbi Nachman in the Kutei Torah. 
Many times in life we make some really bad mistakes. And as a result of our mistakes, we often think that we totally, totally remove any vestige of holiness and spirituality within ourselves. And especially sometimes you make big life mistakes and say, you know what, I'm, I'm a goner. I'm, I'm done. There is no rebounding. There is no redemption from this terrible life in this step. The Rabbi says, what does David HaMelech say? Va'od ma'at. There's always a little bit left inside of you. Ve'en rasha. It's not corrupted. No matter how bad our mistakes we make in life, is you can never fully decimate the spiritual self. No matter how many missteps a person makes in life, there's always the little bit of goodness, like the Pach Shemen, the little cruise of oil like from the Hanukkah story, that always remains pure and untainted. But od ma'at, there's always a ma'at, there's always a ma'at, ultimately in Russia that's not corrupted. And the Rebbe says, that's what it means when we pass like Rabbi Meir, who is chayish lemi'uta. Right? What does it mean? Rabbi Meir is chayish Rabbi Meir is always chayish. She always says, find the minority, find the mi'ut. Find a little bit inside of you that no matter how bad your life mistakes may be, there's always that little piece, there's always that little oil, there's always that little spark, there's always that old ma'at that no matter how badly you've messed up in life, it's still pure, it's still there. And I will say, it's that old ma'at, it's that still, that little bit, that little uncorrupted bit, I will say, that's the little bit of oil, that's the little bit of the spark that allows us to reignite our personalistic, uh, our personalistic flame of holiness. Well, so it's not for today. Shkreach, everyone, and good Shabbos.